gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Well, hello, welcome back to another edition of the My Two Cents Podcast. This is episode 147, presented by and hosted by G2. I am G2. I want to like to ask every single one of you, how are you doing today? I hope you guys are doing well. I hope your body is rested. If it is not rested, I would say please uh, lay back down if you can. And if you can't, well, here's what I would suggest. I would suggest... If you're listening to this in the morning time and you're getting yourself prepared for work or um, you have some free time right now, I would say, how about you go and stretch out and get a nice little stretch in. And if you have to yawn, I will say while you're yawning, this is something that I picked up on. If you have to yawn, I will say you probably want to yell when you're yawning because any of that tension or any type of pressure that you feel on your chest, guess what? You will alleviate that whenever you are yawning and stretching. Well, not stretching, not yawning, stretching and yelling. Sorry, just want to make sure I got the right wordage when I'm saying this, because I do find this uh, beneficial. I do that anytime I'm in a alone room by myself. Anytime I have to stretch, I get a nice, good little yell out and all the pressure that I am feeling has uh, relieved. So again, I hope you guys are doing well, and if you have any type of pressure or anything like that, try that method out and see if you don't come out better on the other end. Now, moving away from that, let's get into the National Food Days of the Week. Today being October 22nd, it is National Nut Day. October 23rd is National Boston Cream Pie Day, as well as National Canning Day. October 24th, it is Food Day, as well as Good and Plenty Day and National Bologna Day. October 25th. National Greasy Foods Day. So more than likely, probably eat some fast food or some deep fried food. Only if your diet allows that. Or if you don't have a diet, you just want to eat it, do that. October 26th, it is Minced Meat Pie Day as well as Pumpkin Day. October the 27th, it is National Potato Day. And to round us off, October the 28th, it will be National Chocolate Day as well as Wild Foods Day. Now, continuing in the realm of food, I do want to ask you guys a question. How many times have you guys dined and dashed somewhere? Or how many times you guys have just decided you're not going to pay the bill or you just came up with another uh, way to try to outpay the restaurant? Like putting a hair that's from your hair in your food and say there's a hair in my food or something of that magnitude. There's probably a lot of people that's done that. Again, movies and TVs, you see that on shows. I don't really remember people faking heart attacks. Because the reason why I bring this up is that a man in Spain, he has done this over 20 times. And his latest attempt, he ended up getting arrested. He tried to dip out on a $36 uh, bill. One of the staff members caught him. And once they caught him, he would, like, be very theatrical with it. They said that he slumped down on the floor. The staff didn't buy it. So they end up calling the cops. The cops ultimately show up. They see him and they know the scammer. So they end up getting them, picking them up, and holding them into custody. And now several of the other local restaurants that he scammed his way out of have come together to file a joint criminal complaint against the man. And they're seeking for him to be jailed for up to two years. So 
here's my thing. I don't know how the currency is over there in Spain. I don't know how the rest of the world deals with their people over there. I just know this. Whenever you're going out to eat, you would think you should have some money. You would think you should have something. You don't try to dine and dash. I understand times are hard for people. People might not have a lot of food in their pantry, so they think, well, okay, if I can go out and I can try to scam my way out of it, maybe I can get away with it. Now, this guy, he was able to get away with it for 20 times. That's insane. When you think about it, you are faking a heart attack 20 times to get out of paying for a meal. That's wild, bro. The man was 50. Well, the man is 50. So, that's just insane to me. That you fake a heart attack 20 times, you're the age of 50, you don't have money to pay your restaurant bill. Like, come on, dude, you at least should stop that. The first time you got away with it, okay, that's by luck. Second time, you're doing it just to see if you can. Third time, you're just now being ballsy with it. But now, you did it 20 times? Dog, you gotta at least get hemmed up and be put into jail. At least for a little bit. So you can learn not to be doing something like this. Because you're costing people money. That's insane to me. How you would do that. That's heathen behavior. People that are teenagers would think of some kind of crap like this. Because certain teenagers, they pull like their little uh, pranks by saying they have a seizure or some kind of crap over here in the states i'm not saying that they do that at restaurants but i've seen that at like uh malls i've seen that at uh gas stations even some people like fake having seizures at school like they've done those type of things but a restaurant i've never seen that i've never seen no type of uh heart attack but again it's a rarity when i do even go out to eat i usually eat at my home but it's just weird and that, again, it's just real heathen behavior. Don't do that. If you're going out to eat, have some money. Pay your bill. Leave out. And if you can, leave a nice, generous tip for someone if you are a part of that tipping culture. Because I have a thing with that. Because I had to get schooled by my mother. She explained to me why you should tip, why you need to tip, how much these uh, people are not being paid. And I always would come back with saying, well, that's not my fault. You need they need to come together and actually band together against the actual owner so they can up their wages for them not to be such a tipping thing. I believe in France or someplace like that, they don't do the tipping thing. They find that, uh, again, as heathen behavior. They don't find it as culture, which, hey, man, that's what they do. I'm not going to hate on their uh, philosophy. That's what it is with that. But I got schooled by it. My mom told me why, and I was just automatically like, all right, cool. So now I tip, and I tip generously, but... Leave a tip if you go out. Leave a tip if you're in America. Leave a tip. But if your server is trashy and anything else, you don't have to leave someone a tip. Because if someone's trashy, you don't got to do it. But again, all in all, if you go out to eat, pay your bills. Don't dine and dash. Don't dip out. Don't be a scumbag. Don't do none of that. I understand if you're your teenagers, you can do that. Or even in your early 20s trying to just make it by. You're doing it once. Okay. Twice, you're being ballsy. Third time, like, dude, come on now. You should, shouldn't be eating out like that. Try to, like, build a PB&J sandwich at home or something to hold you down. But that's just my personal opinion on this. I hope homeboy gets hemmed up in jail at least for two years. So, yeah, at least learn his, like, learn something. Be better. Now, on to at least some good news. Because as I stated earlier, not in this episode, but a couple of episodes back... I'm not going to talk about the war that's happening in the Middle East. That's not my business. That's not my thing. I support people that are, 
here's my thing. Let me stop right here. I do not know the conflict between Israel and Palestine. I don't know that. I'm not going to pretend to know it. I don't know. What I will say is I want people that are innocent not to be hurt. I am sorry to hear about hospitals getting attacked by uh, whoever attacked those hospitals. Again, you got countries back and forth saying it wasn't them. Amen. I'm not going to go there. I was sad to hear about children dying in the hospitals. That was sad. I was, I still am sorry about hearing of innocent lives being lost over there. I will always, always stand on that. Um, but I do want to bring up something that at least did happen good out of this week for whatever it is. Um, two American hostages that were uh, held since the attacks, they were released. And uh, that's a good thing. A mother and a daughter, they were both released, a 59-year-old and a 17-year-old. Uh, they were released to Red Cross and are now back in Israel. So that's a good thing. At least that happened. I'm glad that at least came about it. I'm hoping that anybody that is being kidnapped will be released and go back to where they need to go back because, again, things are not fair. Things aren't right. I just don't. I just don't know the legitimate reasons of what's going on over there. Why everything is happening. So. I'll, that's why I'm going to keep my nose completely out of that. But I do want to bring that up. I'm glad that the two uh, Americans are released from hostage and they are back in uh, Israel, a mother and a daughter. Again, I'm happy for that. I do at least want to talk about that part over there in the Middle East. But back in the home front over here in America, I do want to talk about something that I mentioned. I believe it was probably either last week or two weeks ago. Uh, Harvard. I mentioned how Harvard had a group of students, they wrote a letter, and apparently the letter was to say that Israel was responsible for the actions over there, right? Well, now, apparently, the students that wrote those letters, they got doxxed. They got doxxed this week, and that's insane to me. How are you doxxing students at Harvard? Well, it's easy to uh, happen. I want to read you something from ABC News because they kind of continue up on that. The doxing campaign against pro-Palestinian college students ramp up. The man leading the doxing campaign of pro-Palestine Harvard students said his group is going to take it a step farther. Adam Gillette, the president of Accuracy in Media, a conservative organization dedicated to holding public and private officials accountable, according to its website, felicitated a truck displaying the name of Harvard students who signed onto a controversial letter denouncing Israel in the wake of the attacks by Hamas. The debate on campus has made Harvard a microcosm of sorts reflecting the national debate on the conflict. Adam, who is Jewish, said his organization's next move, which has already started, is to create online domains, essentially using the students' first names and last names to create sites identifying them as anti-Semitic. I think it's incredibly important for people to know who the anti-Semites are on their campus and in their communities, Adam told ABC News. Ideally, I love for everyone to abandon any hateful beliefs they might hold. I love for them to apologize for the anti-Semitic uh, proclamation that they signed. So you're planning on doxing them. You're planning on trying to basically plaster their names all over and create websites dedicated to them saying they're anti-Semites. That is, what are, what the hell are we doing? We just got to call spades spades sometimes. Yo, these are students at Harvard. 
college is whenever you go there to start really uh, messing with your mind and at least exploring the ideas and learning for from other individuals. Now, there will be some closed off people that will always be stuck in the mud in their ideas or their ideas. That's just the way it is. You're not going to always change everybody's opinions on things, but everybody has an opinion. Isn't that America? The whole point is, is that you get to have your opinions here. As long as you don't try to do harm to other individuals, that's where you cross the line. You, I understand you're upset at people uh, denouncing Israel. I understand you're upset at that. And that is, again, your right to be upset. That is, again, your right for your opinion to be upset. But for you to now take action and say that you're going to create a website and start labeling these people as anti-Semitic, that is, that's beyond bullying. That is fucking social harassment. That is, what are we doing here, dude? You are fucking 42. Stop it. No, stop it. Dude, have a debate. Go to Harvard. See if you guys can... Go to Harvard and talk. That's all you got to do. That's it. What are we doing here? Like, in all honesty, in all seriousness, if this thing is really that big of a deal on Harvard ground, you would think that you guys should have some type of debate to really, like, establish and at least educate the people on what's going on over there, what happened years ago, that type of stuff. Invite the people that signed that letter and have them oppose you, and you school them, they school you, you guys be able to throw your opinions back and forth, and just at least see if you guys can come to some type of middle ground, even though the war over there is happening, people over here in America that might be of those two opposing sides, guess what, you guys can at least have a talk, it doesn't have to be a yelling contest, it doesn't have to be a, like, throwing big old rocks, and in this case, you're creating websites to label someone as anti-Semitic, Dude, just have a conversation. Go to Harvard. Make it a thing. Tell them why this thing needs to matter, why we need to do this. And I'm pretty sure Harvard, quote unquote, being one of the biggest colleges in America that is Ivy League, they will at least listen to it and at least they want to go with it because if not, it will make big national news press for you guys making this debate. And if anything, it might even get televised Uh eyes on it, or if not televised eyes, social media eyes on it, because guess what? People will at least want to see what other differing opinions have on this important matter that somehow just bolstered and just became a big thing over here in America. So again, have that conversation. Go to Harvard and see if you guys can actually do that. Do not make a website. Do not try to dox these people. That is disgusting. Again, college, you're going to have differencing of opinions, people are going to do and say different things, as long as there's no violence towards any of the students there, people are able to do what they want, so again, you're 42, get your act together, talk to the people in Harvard, talk to the board, do something, and don't make a website, because again, that's just disgusting, at least for my personal opinion, and I think, if we're going to be honest, you think it's disgusting too, because if it was the flip side around, people would be saying this is disgusting, and I would still stand on the exact same point of where I'm at now. People need to have conversations, and people don't need to be doing uh, things like this. But again, that's just my opinion on this matter. Hopefully, this thing will not happen. This was just a guy's just opinion and his idea for what he wants to do, but we'll see if it actually becomes an actual website. Now, moving on to the next topic here, and I want to talk about political news here. 
in which I'm not really a political stylistic of guy, but this is something that really got to my attention. Um, the House, they are looking for another speaker because Kevin McCarthy he got kicked out of that role here. And Jim Jordan, their uh, representative or Republican from Ohio, the House uh, Judiciary Chairman Jim Jordan, he tried to become the speaker. He had the Republican Party uh, try to vote for him and all this type of crap. That did not work. Um, this past week alone, as it was reported, um, 20 people oppose Jordan, which were Republicans. 22 on Wednesday were against him. And then like their latest poll voting, 25 Republicans were opposed to Jim Jordan. And I personally don't care about none of that. I care about this one interesting fact. Um, there was rumors, and the Republican, some of the Republican uh, people would mention that they have gotten death threats for not voting for Jim Jordan. And I found that incredibly crazy. You guys are trying to get someone to vote for you, but you're going to use death threats. You do know that these people aren't true afraid of that type of stuff because they probably get death threats on a, not going to say day by day basis, but they get death threats. That's just kind of what they do. And I'm pretty sure they got people to like handle those type of situations. But if you want people to vote for you, you got to start sweetening the pot. You know it. You've seen it a lot on television. You've seen it a lot in movies. I'm pretty sure, again, as I said before, TV and movies, they don't just pull things out of thin air. Some of the things they do, but things of this magnitude, when you see people talking backstage and trying to shake hands with people, they usually try to sweeten the pot for the people that's usually voting against them. And in this type of voting, where you're looking for someone to be the speaker for the house, you would think you know how to find the people that are voting against you, and you try to speak their language, or at least sweeten the pot out more for them if they decide to vote for you, and try to get their vote, like, changed towards you. Apparently, Jim Jordan, he wasn't able to do so, because somehow, someway, it just constantly added more Republicans after each vote, and each vote is just crazy to me, again, how you would go, instead of, hey, let me try to sweeten the pot more for your vote, I'm just going to decide to have people anonymously give you death threats. Now, again, this is all alleged. This is not being proved as of now me saying this in the recording. But this is all just ludicrous to me. I just think that, again, if you want people to vote for you, you know how to get it done. You sweeten the pot. But that's not happening. Uh, I don't know who's going to be the next speaker for the House. I personally do not care. As I said, I think politicians, I think the whole political game is nothing but just political theater in people's faces and everybody speaks behind closed doors shake hands and they're all buddy buddy chummy chummy but with this they're looking for a speaker and people have come out saying yo i received some death threats because i didn't want to uh vote for mans over here i found that crazy so again here's a little life lesson for everyone if you know someone is voting against you and you want their vote Guess what? Either A, you can just continue going on without their vote, or either B, you can decide to talk to them and try to see what you can give them for your vote. It's easy marketing, it's easy uh, social skills to try to handle. Everybody does it. Kids, they bargain with one another. Teenagers, they bargain with one another. Adults, they bargain with one another. But somehow this politician allegedly couldn't do it and death threats came about and again it's alleged it was not proven but you had some politicians come out and talk about that so 
again, this was just something that I found genuinely crazy. So I wanted to bring that up to the forefront and again, try to tell people just bargain with people. But if you can't bargain with them, don't do death threats. Just continue to go on without them and uh, see what else you can do to gain other people's votes if you are in this type of situation. Now, moving on over into my next topic here. Um, CVS, Walgreens are closing stores. There's a lot of them closing down. and I didn't know nothing about this. Um, I read in an article, they said the national pharmacy chain Rite Aid has filed for bankruptcy in an attempt to close unprofitable stores and deal with debt of about $4 billion. The court said in court filings that it plans to shutter an unspecified number of stores across 17 states. But Rite Aid is far from the only major pharmacy chain facing closures. Walgreens and CVS have collectively closed more than 1,000 stores across the country since 2018. Independent pharmacies are also struggling to stay afloat. The numbers of these stores dropped by 50% from 1980 to 2022, according to a report from McKinsey. This trend has been happening for years, nearly one out of Every eight pharmacy closed between 2009 and 2015, according to a JAMA medical study. Okay, cool. So all these places are closing down. They would say that when pharmacies close, it can create so-called pharmacy deserts, areas where residents live at least 10 miles from the nearest pharmacy. That leaves an empty hole for a lot of people, and that can impact across to vaccines and needed medications well duh because a lot of people didn't have to travel out more and everything else listen that time and age is done for pharmacies and all that type of stuff i mean there's going to be some pharmacies around i don't think every pharmacy like a cvs a walgreens a rite aid all these type of places are like all of them are going to get closed there's going to be some around like in the major uh towns or major markets there's going to have those pharmacy uh, stores, but in like the little towns, you're not going to see all those because a little town that probably got what a couple hundred people, yeah, that CVS, that Walgreens, that Ready is going to get closed down. Uh, a little town that might probably have a thousand people might get closed down. Now, you looking for f- double now, not double if you're looking for five digit uh towns, six digit towns, then yes, you're going to have major CVS, major Walgreens, major uh. Right aids because you got multiple people and you got multiple uh, locations to cater to all these multiple people. But for the little towns, yes, I, I kind of expect more of these stores to close down because mom and pop stores can't even survive in these little uh, hundred people towns, these little thousand people towns. It's not that the mom and pop stores aren't thriving and surviving. So what makes these major chains think that we're going to survive in these little mom and pop like areas it wasn't going to happen at one point it was going to have at one point it did happen but it's just not happening no more everything is starting to shut down because everybody's going to switch over into uh buying online for your medication having being mailed or shipped to you that's been the wave and is going to continue going on forward or you're going to head up these big like chains like a Walmart that have the pharmacies there or other places that are big like stores that could actually handle what you want and what's needed there because Walmart they're a smorgasbord of things you can buy a casket in certain places you can buy uh clothing you can buy a lot of things at a Walmart so I mean places like that 
they're always going to be around, but like pharmacy stores just alone, no, that stuff's going to be closed down unless you're living in the five digit to six digit type uh, areas. So this wasn't too shocking to me, but it was news that I think that everybody should know about. So if you have a Walgreens next to you and you live in a small town, you probably want to ask them when are they closing down and when are they going to start doing like the percentage, like 50% off, 60%, all that type of stuff got to go. And when that happens, I will say start racking up on all your uh, vitamins, your pills and everything like that, because that's whenever things get cheap and you can buy it like that. So you can start stocking up, not just for the end of this year, but for the beginning of next year. Because 2024 is quickly approaching because we're at the end of 2023. And if you didn't listen to my midweek episode, I did talk about how you do need to get your uh, medicines, your uh, morning and nighttime kind of cough and all that type of stuff because kids are getting sick and they're bringing that type of germs and stuff home. So again, this falls right in line in with that. So if you, as I said, live in a small town, look at your CVS, look at your Walgreens, look at your Rite Aids that are around you and see when are they closing out so you can start racking up on all of these medications so you can be prepared for the fall, winter season that's quickly approaching. Now, turning on to something that's a little bit more serious, not a little bit more serious, but serious, um, as it's come from KIRO7, and this is a Seattle news station. It talks about Seattle students walk out after texts from football players about sexually assaulting classmates. Students at West Seattle Chief Stealth International High School walked out on Friday after text messages surfaced where a group of football players talked about sexually assaulting girls at their school. Concerns were brought to the school leadership on Wednesday after the messages began to circulate among students. Seattle Public School says it took immediate action to investigate the text and explore appropriate discipline and additional corrective action. Social workers also reached out to each student mentioned in the text messages to offer support. In the meantime, the Chief Seth International Athletic Leaders are developing a plan to promote gender equality and prevent sexual harassment aimed at helping students better understand what behaviors are expected of students and athletes. Students walked out around noon on Friday. Uh, Chopper 7 was overheard as dozens gathered on the school's football field And at the time of this recording, that's all information I have right now for this story. And I just want to say, first and foremost, that it's nasty. That's disgusting. Um, I don't understand what this... You know what? Let me stop right here. I'm not going to just put this on this group of teenagers, this group of kids. No. I will levy this back to even my group of teenagers and my group of... uh, people that I was even in school with. You had people that were taking photos and showcasing photos and sharing photos of their partners who they were messing with in the nude and all that type of stuff. That stuff was around during the time I was in school because you would hear about it. People would talk about it. That was a thing that happened. I don't believe we ever heard of people having a group text message of players or people talking about who they mess with or assaulted there has never been any type of that conversation at least in my time when I was in school 
there was the time where people talk about who they slept with and who's a Jezebel or a dog or as they would like to say a whore in school. That kind of conversation would go around around the school and certain teachers would hear about it. They would try to shut that down quickly anytime they hear like students talk about it. Um, but again, kids now they are being more emboldened. And I think they always forget, first and foremost, you're not supposed to sexual assault anyone. You're not supposed to do anything that is against anybody's, uh, without anybody's consent, first and foremost. That's always the first thing. But secondly, we have more self-snitching people now on this earth than I've ever seen in my life. You have these kids literally leaving a technological paper trail of them talking about who they sexually assaulted and it gets eventually leaked among the students whether someone leaked it out to a person and talked about this or a person's sister found it or a person's brother I don't know how this crap happened I'm just reading off from what I'm thinking you have people literally talking about these things and they're doing it on a text message again leaving a technological paper trail you're leaving a paper trail for people to find and you're doing that first and foremost you guys are idiots just point blank period again the sexual assault thing never should happen never but you're leaving a paper trail what are you doing you don't leave paper trail if you're going to commit a crime you don't talk about it on the telephones especially with iphones now because the government anybody can listen in on what you're saying that's one you don't type it in on a message board because again you're leaving a Again, a paper trail. You're leaving a lot of paper trails here in this world of technology. Your best way for you to talk about anything is literally from face-to-face -face with someone else. Or you can do it the old-fashioned way. you write next to someone. You can just constantly write notes back and forth to one another. And then you burn the notes. That's what you do. But in this case, I'm just going to say it point blank. Whoever this group of football players are, they need to be... They need to be, I'm not going to say charged because you got to look into what has happened to see if everything's actually, if someone's actually telling the truth, because some of these people could actually literally just be lying on their dicks. So let me make that perfectly clear. But if they're not lying on their private parts, you need to take these kids, you need to take these uh, teenagers, these football players, if you will, and you have to suspend them. You have to... Uh, take them away from the school because you're going to have a lot of the students look at these football players. You're going to have a lot of the teachers because I'm pretty sure the teachers know about this because, as I said before earlier, the teachers, they hear about things circulating in the school. So you're going to hear about the teachers. Here. The teachers are going to hear about it. They're going to see the students and then they're going to be surveilling the classroom to see how the class is dealing with that particular student that was a part of that group. I mean, there's a lot of different things going on in this particular situation, but the football players, they need to be legit removed from the class. They need to have their own separate thing so they can get the schoolwork, but they also need to be disciplined because they were a part of this group chat of talking about who they sexually assaulted in the school. That's that. And as I said before, if there's any merit and the girls do say, yes, this did happen and it was against my consent or anything of that nature, then you actually have to press some type of charges onto these, onto the football players. You got to. There's no way you can't do it because any parent that 
hears about this because I'm pretty sure some parents heard about it because if you mean to tell me that the kids staged a strike on the football field, I'm pretty sure somebody's parents got a call or they saw it on the news and they asked about this. Parents are going to be coming up to the school and asking, hey, yo, what's going on with this? What is being done? So the school has no other choice but to step in and actually do something to kind of have some damage control to this problem. So as I said, the football players, they got to be taken away from the school. They got to have their own situation where they can get the schoolwork done and still learn the lessons. But well, as the investigation is going on, once the investigation is done, then and if someone did do something they weren't supposed to, then I say, guess what? You got to, well, take action. You got to suspend them. You got to do some charges, all that type of stuff. But as I said before earlier, my biggest thing is, one, you're not supposed to be sexual assaulting anyone. And two, you're not supposed to be leaving any type of paper trail. I live in a reality-based world. People are going to do some a lot of messed up things. But I want people to be smart if you're going to commit a crime. I'm not saying for you to do it, but I'm just saying you're not supposed to leave any type of paper trail. You're not supposed to leave any type of technological trail that it could easily backtrack to you. So again, that's all on you. If you fail to realize that, just know you're going to get caught and things are going to happen to you. And this should be right here a point of reference for what is going to happen to potentially some of these football players if these allegations are actually true from what they said inside of their group chat. Now, moving over into the next topic, and it's still dealing with football to a degree, as it's come from the Atlantic Black Star, as it would read, Oklahoma principal football coach who allegedly called black players slurs like porch monkey, jigaboo charge after allegations of physical and emotional abuse. A high school principal who was inducted into the Oklahoma Coaches Association Hall of Fame in 2022 now faces a year in jail after being charged with outrage public decency. Authorities have been collecting accounts from players from the school's football team that point to him circulating a toxic environment for students. The Oklahoma State Bureau of Investigation says Ringling's high school principal and high school coach Philip Coons created a cult-like environment that expounds toxic masculinity, homophobia, racism, and other forms of social and physical abuse. His students and their parents' complaints helped launch the investigation after Coons' contract ended in February 2023. The Oklahoma State Department of Education placed the coach on a four-month administrative leave on February 22. Nine days after the local school board voted to renew Coons' contract during a contentious public meeting, news stations KFOR reports. As a result of Coons' behavior, students and their parents secured legal representation, believing their civil rights have been infringed. These boys were subjected to a cult-like environment where this guy would groom them break them down to where they were at a point that they wanted to quit playing football. Some of them wanted to commit suicide and then would build them back up within that cult system and create a deal where he was the most important things in their lives. Todd Mercer, a lawyer that represents one of the boys, said in an interview with the Daily Beast, he will isolate them from their friends, from their family, even from their doctors, the attorney said before adding that black players on his teams were especially disrespected. Wrangling a town of approximately 1,600 people in southern Oklahoma is less than 1% of African Americans since this data shows. 
According to Mercer, Coons called his players of African descent the N-word, porch monkey, and stupid African. One student said that he called a teammate a jigaboo and that those racist slurs even impacted him. This hurts considering you could clearly see the player getting upset, the player said in a statement. The player also came up to me and expressed how he felt targeted and singled out by his skin color. As the school's top administrator, Coons worked alongside his family members as he created the alleged social climate of disturbing abuse. His wife is the school counselor, and his sons, Cooper and Sterling, are the assistant football coaches. Another lawyer working with the OBI on behalf of the student-athletes who play under Coons is Cameron Spaulding, who insists this was intentional. They created this culture of abuse and harassment, intimidating of their players for years. Assault and physical assault and mental torture were just part of their unofficial criteria in athletic department. It is an environment that is like Lord of the Flies. Okay, so we have this here. I don't like what I'm reading. I don't like what I just read to you all. This was nasty. I don't know what is going to happen to this guy. First and foremost, I'm surprised how no, like, none of the players are, like, none of the former black players, like, all just came together to start wailing on this man's ass. There is no way you're going to call any of my cohorts that are my people, or even me, the N-word, a porch monkey, or a stupid African, or even a jigaboo. There's no way that's happening. And you mean to tell me this were the type of words that he would just fly and just throw around to black people? Now, I wonder if there were any other minority that was on a football team that got some type of racial slurs onto them because they only just point out the African-American in this uh, statement. But they do say that this man broke down the team. They had to, He had to break them down just to rebuild them back up into his image, basically, in this cult system. And I would like to know more about it because they said that they isolated him from their family, friends, and doctors. Like, how do you mentally do that? I don't know how that happens. I mean, you always hear like certain people talk about how they were in a weakened state as a teenager and they always found someone that either believed in them when their parents didn't too and then they listened to them more. I don't know how this type of things just go around and just happen to a lot of people. Again, you got that example that I just said of someone not believing in them and then they got that or I, I just don't get it. Me personally, I've always had people that believed in me as in like family members or even like close associates when I didn't feel that something was right. They would say, hey, oh, this you're doing the right path. You're doing this. Trust me, you're good. Just continue going on. Like I always had that around me. So I'm one of the lucky ones, you could say. But I've heard stories of this, but I just can never get my head in that right mind to say, like, I can feel where they feel. I never had that. Uh, continuing on in this, I do want to read this to you. Coons also used fat shaming as a tool to demean the miners, calling them fat Fs and publicly blasting them by using lay off the Twinkies. So you had another one just fat shaming. And again, you know, this one right here. You could say he's probably not trying to, I'm not going to say probably not trying to fat shame because if he's saying fat Fs, I mean, there's a lot of ways where you can do things now in this world that you can easily try to tell someone not to eat so much if you're looking after their best, uh, if you're looking after their best, uh, 
lifestyle or you want to see them actually become the betterment of themselves. I mean, there's other ways you can do that, especially with teenagers. If you're a person that's in power or you're older than them and you're in that position that they have to look up to you like a coach or something, you can easily do that. My thing is, you don't have to call them fat Fs. You can just say, hey, yo, dog, I pull them over to the side and talk to them one-on-one coach to a player and tell them, hey, I see you starting to get a little bit more heavy. You can calm down on the eating a little bit because I want you to live long. I don't want you to have these health concerns later down in life. I mean, there's a lot of other ways if you're concerned with your player uh, eating a lot and they're getting big. There's other ways how you could talk to them. You don't have to do this. Now, for the other things, as I said before, him saying things about someone's skin color, calling them racial slurs, that's that's crazy. And you had other students thinking, well, other classmates or teammates thinking about like committing suicide. Dog, there's somebody should have been there to look at him and see how he talked to the football players, his athletes. There should have been someone there to really like monitor this, monitor this situation. I just don't see how there was not someone there. Again, my circumstance would have been completely different. My parents would have been there. At least someone in my corner would have been there and saw that. They would have called it off right then and there, put foot right in ass to that coach and say, hey, you ain't talking to my son or who the hell you think you're talking to? Something along those lines, or at least the coach would have realized he's got to be on his best behavior because a parent is out there and watching this stuff happen, so he can't just let things just fly out of his mouth the way that he can just let things fly whenever there's no parent there, and he's the essential, like, adult figure right there this whole article is nasty to me the same thing that flies by in the last topic that i just talked about with the football players talking about sexual assaulting the uh, girls i mean i don't know what is going on i love the game of football i just never ever i just don't like that you got football players that have this mentality You have coaches that certain football players are learning under that are sick. Like this man here, you got football players that I just talked about in the last topic that are sick as in leaving a paper trail and talking about who they sexually assaulted. I mean, I don't know what's going on, but something within the game of football needs to change if this is what they're doing and this is what they're going with. Something in the football like community needs to like, come out and change this, because this is nasty, this is just completely just disgusting, as I said, Coons, he uh, is now facing a year in jail after being charged with this, so we'll have to wait and see what happens with that, I'll try to get more information when more information pops back up, but look into what your kids are doing, look into the coach that your kid is learning under if you're in football, and also even if if you're in uh, basketball or any other type of coaching establishment that your kid is playing any sport look at what your kids coach is saying to them and look at what they're doing to your kid as well have those conversations with your kid to figure out instead of something like this happening and your kid doesn't tell you nothing and your kid wants to commit suicide and all this type of stuff and then it'll be kind of a little bit too late to find the stuff out just just try to talk to them more. That's all I'm trying to get at. And just try to crack them open just a little bit more so they can at least talk to you and tell you what's really going on if a coach is treating them 
a certain type of way. That's what I'm trying to get at. That's all I'm trying to get from this topic here. Now, moving over into Alex Jones news. The Associated Press would uh, report that a judge rules Alex Jones can't use bankruptcy protection to avoid paying Sandy Hook families. A Texas judge has ruled that InfoWars host Alex Jones cannot use bankruptcy protection to avoid paying more than $1.1 billion to the families who sued over his conspiracy theories that Sandy Hook School Massacre was a hoax. This decision is another significant defeat for Jones in the wakes of the juries in Texas and Connecticut, punishing him over spreading false hoods about the nation's deadliest school shooting. And, okay, the U.S. judge, district judge, would rule that on a Thursday. So, there you go. My man, he can't just say, oh, I'm going bankrupt to not pay the families. No, you should have thought of that before you started saying Sandy Hook was a hoax. And again, for people that don't understand, a school shooting will never be a hoax. If a school shooting ever comes out and it's a hoax, I will question all of humanity at that point because you got to be one sick, twisted individual to fake a school shooting, faking kids dying. Are you insane? That is wild to me how someone would think that a kids, (laughs) kids elementary school getting shot, kids dying, that is a hoax. That did not happen. That's insane. Alex Jones, he got to pay up. There's no way you're not. You got to pay up $1.1 billion. Come on, dude. You got to do it. There's no way. You should have thought about that. You should have thought. You should have. There's no way you're just going to just start spreading that crap around saying it's a hoax and thinking you're not going to pay up for that. Because if that was my kid that got killed in that, you lucky money's the only thing that you got to pay up, dog. I will try to find you. I ain't going to hold you. You're not going to say all the chaos that's happened in my life from my kid dying, all the sleepless nights that me and my partner no longer can have because we won't be able to see our kid because he got gunned down by a freaking monster. All that, all the turmoil that's happening in Our lives, personally, is a hoax. It's not real because our kid didn't die. You're not going to tell me that. You're not going to say that out loud. Are you out your mind? I'm going to find you, dude. I'm going to at least try to get my licks on you so I can at least, like, get some boom bap on you. There's no way in the world. So, Alex Jones, you're coming off real easy just by paying some money. And if I'm being honest, I think sometimes money is... I mean, money's a good thing because you hurt people a lot by hurting their pockets. But sometimes you got to hurt them physically. I think sometimes people got to get run the fade on. And this is one of them. If a, if a school shooting happened and someone says it's a hoax, I think they should be in some type of arena. And the parents that lost their kids should be in there trying to run the fade with the person that say, yo, this is a hoax. Somebody should be getting some stuff being stolen on them. They should get punched in the mouth, something. So they won't be trying to say these type of stupid things. That's just me and my thought process. Again, I think sometimes people got to get punched in the face for them not to uh, spew out any stupid comments like Alex Jones said right here with the whole Sandy hoax, Sandy uh, hook hoax that he thinks it was a hoax, but it wasn't. It was a legit thing. But hey, he got to pay up. So Alex Jones, pay up. Seriously, do that. Now, move over. Technically, 
still sticking with uh, finance here. If anyone has been paying attention to hip-hop news, there has been things circulating, especially this week, of famous DJ, DJ Envy. Uh, there was rumors and speculation that his Breakfast Club radio uh, show got ransacked by the FBI. That was not the case. That did not happen. TMZ will get the reports. And yeah, that just simply did not happen. Envy's uh, lawyer tell TMZ the reports are yet another example of continued uh, sensualization in the media to attach his client's name to the story, even though he insists DJ Envy is one of the victims, not a predator of the alleged fraud. And the fraud that they're talking about is DJ Envy and his, I can now say, former business partner, a guy named Cesar Pena. Uh, they're saying that they ran a real estate Ponzi scheme. Now, what was the scheme? They are saying that uh, in 2017, Cesar Pena began taking investments to renovate and resell properties in New Jersey and elsewhere, promising a 20 to 45% return on investments in five months. But Caesar allegedly siphoned some investments for his personal use and used new investments to pay back old investors. Days before Caesar was charged, because he was charged, uh, the feds did get him. Uh, NBC4 New York would report on multiple investors who hadn't received promised payments from the project. Caesar reportedly sought investments in properties he didn't own, scammed multiple investors into paying for some invest, well, not investors, properties, and in one case offered to pay an investor back in jewelry. Now they are seeing Caesar and his wife Jennifer are now facing at least 20 lawsuits as this article was stated in Vulture. Now what does this mean for DJ Envy and are they saying that he's involved? Prosecutors claim that Caesar built his credibility by holding real estate seminars with DJ Envy before he began the alleged flipping scheme. DJ Envy often promoted the project on the Breakfast Club, claiming they've helped so many people, and many of the spurred investors who spoke to NBC4 said they got involved with the project because of Envy's cosign. So, Basically, they're saying that if it wasn't for DJ Envy co-signing and saying this guy is legit, they wouldn't have uh, basically done it. Billboard did report that Envy is a co-defendant in nine of the lawsuits against Caesar. Now, after NBC4 investigation, uh, Envy claimed on The Breakfast Club that it's totally not true that he was involved in the Ponzi scheme. He would say, Caesar, if he took money, I wasn't privy to it, nor did I even know. He said, prefacing that his attorneys don't want me to speak, but I think there's things that I need to clear up a little bit. Now, this was during the Breakfast Club, I believe, this past week. And on the Breakfast Club, you can hear Charlemagne, his co-host, telling him, Ayo, your lawyer's telling you to be quiet. You need to listen to your lawyers. You need to shut up. And Envy, he just didn't want to listen. He spoke a little bit, but he did eventually listen to Charlemagne and shut up. So Envy did say that uh, he also gave Caesar money and that he didn't get that money back. Uh, Envy's attorneys made a similar statement to NBC4 saying Envy was a victim of Caesar after investing $500,000 in a flip in Patterson, New Jersey. 
Uh, his attorney has been seeking to dismiss him from the lawsuits, writing in recent filings that being named caused significant damage to DJ Envy's reputation and businesses. So there you go. Right now, we have no idea what's going on. I brought this up because just the idea, right, of the feds going into your place of business for DJ Envy. And he works at Breakfast Club. That's basically an iHeart uh, situation. And the feds going into your business that people thought and they ransacking, taking your electronics. That was something I thought, okay, that's crazy. And then when it came out that it wasn't true, I was like, okay, so it wasn't true. But I can see it basically happening because nobody knows what's going on. The only thing that happened that is true that they would say is that the FBI went to uh, DJ Envy's place of work and they would tell him that Caesar has been picked up. He was arrested. Now, Caesar was released on a $1 million bond. He is currently not allowed to leave New Jersey. If Caesar is convicted on wire fraud charges, he could face up to 20 years in prison and some fines. As for the money, two of Caesar's companies have filed for bankruptcy earlier this year, and his wife has also unsuccessfully attempted to do so. A judge has ruled to appoint a trustee in both bankruptcy cases to settle debts to investors. So there you have it there. What's going on with DJ Envy on this? We have no idea. Envy is still kind of in limbo, but if he isn't in limbo, that type of uh, information has not been made public to the masses yet about what's DJ Envy's uh, response. Does he have to pay back people? What's going on? Nobody knows. But I will say this. If something sounds too good, you got to look into it. And I'm going to say this because I had to look into something uh, this past week, my parents almost got scammed this week. Um, if people get a note in the mail office saying that you have some undisclosed like money out there and a third party has found it and you contact the third party, I will say, look up the business of this third party. Look up and see if it's a reputable business. Look up and see if it's a reputable organization. As a matter of fact, here's how I was able to stop what was about to happen. The company that found quote-unquote alleged uh, money that was out there under my parents' name, they wanted my parents a copy of their driver's license and social security. And Again, they called up the people, sound reputable and all this type of stuff. They were about to do it. And then I got a idea and I said, hold up, uh, sending a photo of your ID, your driver's license and social security. That doesn't sound like a, that doesn't sound right. So I looked into it a little bit. I typed up the company's name and right above it, literally the first two searches were legit. And the other one was, is it a scam? So I clicked on it and I went right to Better Business Bureau. There's a legit website where the Better Business Bureau has people talking about their testimony and talking about is this company a sham? Is it a real business? All this type of stuff. And what I come to realize is that this place was a legit fraudulent business. It's nothing but a scamming situation. So that's how I was able to stop my parents basically from getting scammed. So again... If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is too good to be true. You're probably about to get scammed. So 
if someone comes up to you with a business opportunity and it sounds too good to be true, it more than likely is. If a person that you trust come up to you with that, a business opportunity, and it sounds too good to be true, you might still say is a scam. But if you feel that your person that is walking up to you and giving you this business opportunity, and you're saying, I knew this person for some odd years, they want to do this to me, look into it. Just do some research into what your person is telling you or what they're trying to sell to you and just do your own research on it and figure out and you will determine by yourself to say, is this a scam? Is this not a scam? Because if you get scammed, you'd rather you get scammed or lose a little bit of money. Like for me, I lost five bucks. I could have lost way more of them taking their social security and their freaking driver's license. Are you kidding me? We would have lost way more than just $5. So I just lost five bucks just getting some printed out and getting some notarized. <laughs> While on the other hand, you could lose out on thousands upon thousands of dollars in the future because now they have your driver's license, social security, at least in my situation with the scamming. But in your situation, if someone comes up to you with a business proposal, you could be put into a lawsuit like DJ Envy's kind of being put into one. Just off of being a cosign and just believing your mans. So, again, if a, something sounds too true, well, not too true, something sounds too good to be true, look into it and just think that it's a scam all the way until you have on, like, until you have 100% assurance that it's not a scam. Always think something is a scam and just constantly just err on the side of caution. Now, Moving away from that, I want to talk about Terrell Owens, Football Hall of Famer. He was hit this week after an, well, after an argument. Uh, CNN will report that Terrell Owens escaped injury after being hit by a car following an argument in Calabasas on Monday. Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department would report after deputies were called to the scene. Owens told them he was involved in a verbal argument with the suspect following a recreation basketball game, the department said in a statement. The unnamed suspect then got into a white BMW and began to drive away. As the suspect left the location, he struck Mr. Owens on the left knee with the vehicle. He then drove away and out of view. Mr. Owens was not injured and declined medical treatment, the sheriff's department said. So someone couldn't handle Terrell Owens' mouth and they decided to hit him with the car. Now, I'm not certain if the suspect got arrested. They did not mention that in the article. If the man or woman wasn't arrested, that is a shame because you hit someone. You literally hit someone. Thank God Terrell Owens was not injured in this, but you going to run over someone because of an argument? Did he say something about your mama, your daddy, a person that you care for? Like, something has to come about for you to run over someone. It can't be stupid, but again, in this day and age of society that we live in, somebody could just say something about anything. It could be the littlest thing, and somebody could just easily get ran over because of literally anything. So, I don't know what happened. I'm glad Terrell Owens was not hurt by this. I'm glad he uh, escaped without injury. At least that's what he's saying, but dog, that's insane. Someone running you over just because of you and that person getting into an argument? Ugh. Only way, as I said, for me, you gotta talk mad crap about my family. That's the only way I can get any into any type of mindset to want to do something to someone. You say something wild about my family, then that's whenever we gotta get something shaken. But if you say something foul about me, I'm like, I don't care. 
I personally don't. But I don't know. Hopefully, the suspect does get arrested. If so, they need to let the uh, media know that the person has been arrested. And if not, get your butts out there and find the person. Get off your ass. Find the person that tried to hit. Well, not tried to hit. That did hit Terrell Owens. And arrest them. It should be done. Now, moving away from the Terrell Owens topic, I think I have reached my allotted time. Um, is there anything else that I want to talk about before I get out of here? Oh, yes. Just one quick celebratory uh, congratulations. Congratulations to the artist Drake. He tied uh, Michael Jackson's Hot 100 uh, number ones. Apparently, it's the most uh, Billboard Hot 100 number one, uh, I believe, songs to hit that chart. Uh, the records right now are at the top number one spot is... Uh, the Beatles with 20, Mariah Carey with 19, Rihanna with 14, Drake and Michael Jackson both with 13, Madonna with 12, The Supremes with 12 as well, Whitney Houston 11, Janet Jackson and Stevie Wonder both have 10, but Drake kind of being the newest one out of all of them, he tied it with Michael, congratulations to uh, Drake with that. Now, people got upset with him like wearing the Michael Jackson like inspired uh, bedazzled glove whenever he posted him out uh, drinking, and again, this was just the celebratory that Drake had. People were making fun of him. If you guys think that's something, imagine the amount of pettiness Drake is going to be whenever he ties with Rihanna, especially you knowing the history between Drake and Rihanna. Imagine that pettiness is going to be coming from, if you listen to the internet, one of the most sassiest rappers that's out there right now, Drake, because anytime Drake has a sassy line, you can best believe people are going to just make fun of that. Drake is literally one of the most made fun of rappers that we have seen, at least in some time. And Drake, he pokes fun at it himself. He makes fun of himself, so I'm glad Drake was able to take it on the chin. But again, imagine just the next number one that he gets, and he ties with Rihanna. Oh my god, this is going to be fun. I can't wait to see that on the internet. But Again, congratulations to Drake for tying up with Michael Jackson. Continue to do your thing and take that break that you need because he said he needed a break after doing this uh, album for all the dogs that got a lot of mixed reviews. Um, I listened to it. I'm not too cool on that album. I like his other album, Her Loss with 21 Savage and also the Certified Lover Boy, another mixed review uh, album that people weren't too cool with. I actually like that one over this one, but hey, congratulations to Drake for uh, tying. Now, Giving out that congratulations, it's time for me to get out of here. I want to thank all the podcast sites that are out there that have me on their websites and their streaming platforms because without them, I wouldn't be able to get this podcast out to you guys, the listeners. So I want to thank them and also want to thank you guys, the listeners, the downloaders, because without you guys, I would just be one guy talking into a mic into a black void. So I want to thank you all. I appreciate every single one of you. I'm always checking the data every single day, every single week, and I see who's downloading from every other place. I appreciate every single one of you. Now, always remember. I love you, I love you, I love you. I love you, I love you, I love you. I do love you all. That is not a gimmick. This is me being for real. I appreciate every single one of you. As I said before, I want everybody to have a great week. You guys hear from me again on my midweek breakdown, which I always release on a Wednesday. And if you are a professional wrestling fan, I do have my Saturday episode out right now. It is the Wrestling Highlights of the Week, which I do drop every Saturday. And I think that's all the self-promotion that I have. 
But if you don't listen to those other two episodes, guess what? You will be hearing from me again next Sunday where I talk to you guys about everything that's going on in the world in the news. So with that being said, this isn't goodbye. This is until you hear from the sweet sounding voice again. This has been my two cents podcast. This has been G2. I love you all. I thank you. And Kanye, could you please take these people home? I'm tired. You tired. Uh-huh. Jesus wept. Uh-huh.